Welcome back to the greatest book club in the multiverse. This is your Geeksplain book club featuring myself alongside my intrepid heroes as we go through every single issue of every single volume of... Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I felt it that time. That was it only good. took eight. It only nope. took eight. It only took eight <laughs> volumes yeah. for us to get here. <laughs> Finally figured it out. Yeah. So we are going through every single issue and every single volume of Robert Kirkman, Corey Walker, and Ryan Otley's Invincible. And specifically, this session, we are checking out volume eight entitled My Favorite Martian. Now, right off the gate, let me make sure I'm going to pull this up because I want to make sure everybody is uh, both here and listening has the correct issues here. We are looking at issues 36 through 41. Right. That's six yes. parts in this uh, in this here little story. And uh, this this was a divisive, I'm going to say, uh, volume. We had yeah. we had a little a little bit of a little bit of a moment off mic where we knew that we were going to have some disagreements here, but <laughs> overall, overall, I think that I enjoyed this volume a lot more than I thought I was going to. Um, we talked about it last week that I was like, oh man, the sequids. I'm I'm not a big sequids guy, and I'm just not excited for you know the stuff that's going on here. Mm -hmm. I totally forgot all of the other things that happened. In this that's volume. the thing yeah, yeah same one of the most important volumes in the entire series yeah. there's a there's a lot forward. of other stuff that goes on i completely mm -hmm. forgot i oh, yeah. i thought it was so sequin focused i completely forgot about everything else <laughs> it is it is absolutely wild and i should say also i am joined here of course by my uh fellow guardians of the globe who will not only go off into space to fight some sequins but also stay on earth to prevent nuclear warfare we've got Jacob Brown. Hey there, shrinking Ray friends. <laughs> and Malcolm Russell Dawson. I'm bulletproof, baby. <laughs> uh, so, guys, I have to say, I think when it comes to this story specifically, I think we can divide it into three different main characters. That being Mark Grayson, Amber Bennett, and Rexplode. And Rex explode. This, this is big for Rex. Big yeah. Rex volume. And I completely yeah. did not realize it was going to be this way. It does um, have the BRE, the big Rex energy. The big that Rex is true. energy. <laughs> that is true. That is very that is, true. That is absolutely wow. true. Yes. Wow. That's fantastic. Yes. I didn't even think of that. All right. And you can find our BRE t-shirts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. At T Public, use the promo code Rexplode to get twenty percent <laughs> off of that shirt. That yes. doesn't exist. I need to. That doesn't I exist. need to say, for legal reasons, we do not have this shirt. This is not a real yet. shirt yet. 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 <laughs> it's yet. It may happen. We may not. It could happen. <laughs> so, um, I think that we can we can just go ahead and dive into it. Do we want to take this? Cause we've been kind of doing the last couple of weeks chapter by chapter, or would we like to go character by character? I, ooh. Well, I thought we're, I thought we were just, up. 
I thought we were just going to get rid of the like the percentage that is still left over from the first season. You're absolutely uh, right. Um, and I will and say just and just wrap that up we're real at quick. Like ninety five percent. We're almost there. We're yeah, almost so there. close. We're oh, so, so close. So close. I think so we close. said ninety five percent. This is more like ninety six, ninety seven. There a we're, little bit. We're so we're, close. We're, we're almost yeah. in the clear. But yeah, it's yeah, let's, so let's talk frustrating. About it. <laughs> <laughs> it's really bad. I don't know what we're gonna do after this bit goes away. It, um, the bit goes away in the next one. We're we're gonna celebrate. Is what we're gonna, we're gonna do. Ce- <laughs> is when when we're, we're, we're finally out. done. We're all gonna celebrate. Yeah. The the um, the bit goes away in the next champagne. one. Next week the bit is done. Yeah. Yeah. This exactly. is the last week for the bit, everybody. Yeah. So. So Enjoy be you ready, can. and then yeah. something pops up next week from the first I season. Swear I swear. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so the uh, the thing that thank you, Jacob, for writing the course here. Um, the, basically, the thing that is kind of carried over from the first season of the show is that we wrap up the Rick Sheridan subplot, who has been missing Rick. for so much longer in this book than he was in the show. Yeah, yeah. In the show, it was a day. Yeah. In the book, it's been months. Like yeah. it's been months that he's months. been gone. And <laughs> Mark is kind of a bad friend. No, he really yes. is. Like yeah, he's a good yeah. person. I want to press up. He's a good. Mark person. Grayson is a good person. He's just a crap friend. Yeah. He's a crap friend and kind of a crap boyfriend. We'll get to it. But like, <laughs> we'll he, see about that. Basically, like he's flying around doing his thing. This also has, by the way, one of the coolest and most iconic uh, double page covers. Spreads. With the, oh, the shot yeah. of him flying, yeah, yes, it's like the second page. Yes, it um, is. There's two spread that is yeah. honestly yeah. a poster. It basically yeah. is just set up. It's for beautiful. Me a poster. I it's have beautiful. this poster. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it, it, this is this is this is the best like look of Invincible I've ever seen. And yeah. I remember like seeing it, it as like, hey, you, th- this is a they made a poster of this. And I, the minute I saw that, I was like, that's from issue forty. That's from issue like. Uh, like Yo, 36 look at least. look at my boy's six pack on that page like that page I, is I so know, beautifully drawn scrunched up in there you know and just... again this is a ryan otley that you this is a progression of ryan otley's art yeah because this there, is not the same is... guy who drew issue seven no. you know what i mean like again yeah. that's a hard part i know i harp on it every week but the progression of his art skills in no, every volume is, is so interesting it is important to watch. that you yeah. do that though because like this truly i would say is where he is the point where he took the designs that uh cory walker came up with and made them his own there was yeah. a moment i i can't remember I'll, i'm sure i'll get to it when we're going through this where i was like that's so uniquely a ryan otley look yes or ryan yes. otley panel we'll get to it i'm sure yeah but, um, they're very specific like page like even just facial expressions yes. uh it's right. page like four or five of this issue where uh where 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 William is in bed, you know? Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and like he's looking at Mark and he's saying, Good, then you have plans tonight. That specific facial expression is so Ryan Otley. Yes. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it's like because it's I, a great whole exchange. I love okay, it. Okay, I'm um I just I want to read this because it's so it's so cool the way that they do this. Um let me see here. Da, 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 da. Uh okay, so I'm I'm just gonna start it here. Uh let's do uh, Jacob, you're going to be William. Oh, okay. <laughs> put on put on that sleepy look, Jacob. Put on that sleepy look. All right, all Malcolm, right. do you want to be uh, want to be Mark? Sure, sure. 
you guys know the page yeah, yeah, where are we starting okay. up here? <laughs> just, just start at the top and just oh, okay. go through it. Basically, to set All the right. scene, interior, <clears throat> daytime. Uh, Mark Grayson has flown in through the window of his dorm alongside a sleeping William and scene. Huh. Well, what time is it? Almost seven. Rise and shine. I don't think so. Dean Winslow brought you a letter yesterday. It's on the desk. What are you doing today? You got plans? Crap. He wants to meet with me at his office to discuss my attendance. Crap. Today? Uh, not much. I don't have a class until noon, so I'm going to read more in my dad's books, and then uh, I'll get back on them tonight after class. I'm trying to get through his books as quickly as possible. God, all you do now is read those books. So no real plans tonight? Good. I'm still worried about Rick, Mark. You know, our friend that disappeared a few months ago. You said you can't find him, that you're not a detective and wouldn't know where to start. What if I had a plan? If I knew something we could do, maybe that might help us find Rick. Would you do it? Yes, of course I would. Good. Then you've got plans tonight. I just, I love that. I love first that. off, first off, well done, gentlemen. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank um, you. Thank you. Standing all. <laughs> thank um, you. I love it's It's so, um, I, I don't know why, maybe I'm, because I'm watching a certain movie franchise right now. It feels so like heist response when he's just like, good, then you have plans tonight. And it just like cuts over. It does. Like, what da, 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 da. Wait, wait, what movie franchise are you watching? I'm, I might be watching a, a franchise that did not start out as a heist franchise, but but became, a, became a heist, heist franchise, franchise slash superhero franchise for a possible for an episode that's that I've already announced for this podcast. <laughs> oh, <geez>. um, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> But yes, hey! so, <laughs> so this results in uh, Invincible being roped into this plan by William. And William, honestly, it's a brilliant plan. No, mm -hmm. yeah. has it's really dangerous, that. but it's a good plan. <laughs> and I like that we're putting William front and center in an Invincible story again. Like he, that a lot. Yeah. He's Mark's best friend. And the fact that they like they have to sideline him because he doesn't have powers and that's appropriate. Uh, it's a little sad to be honest. Yeah. So I'm glad that they allowed him to be part of this story. And so he, he realized that all of the disappearances are all homeless people and they're all in this specific park. So he's like, I'm going to dress up as a homeless person. You are going to keep an eye on me and you're going to follow me when I'm captured and taken to wherever they're taking these people. And so just Can like the plan, could, real quick, like my favorite part is like when they, they're doing this plan and uh, and Mark's like up in a tree and William's like talking to him and is like, don't fall asleep, okay? Because I don't want you to touch it for real. He's like, don't tempt me. And, and he's yelling at me. He's like, yeah, yeah, don't be funny about it. Yeah, it's all joking aside. And then there's some guy who's like running in the middle of the night. Like, <laughs> the and then William just turns around and is like, what? You ain't never seen a man talk to a tree before? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and the look on this guy's face, he is terrified. Again, and then William just Ryan Otley facial expression. Yeah. <laughs> I just love William going like, I'm the best actor ever. <laughs> <laughs> Falls asleep for real. 
I just love the, are you asleep? It's like, yeah, you totally fell asleep. You're so lame. And then Mark falls asleep. <laughs> yeah, an hour later, he's early. Just as one hour later, yeah. And so it's captured by a Rhiannon. Mark follows him down into the Ugh. sewer, gets attacked by three of them who just Jeez. come out like a horror movie. Yeah. Popping out of the sewer. And it's pretty awesome. Yeah. While battling against them, Mark realizes that one of them is Rick. Rick. And Rick. Rick. It's Rick. And so uh <laughs> Kirkman loves torturing people named Rick. Anyway. He does. Uh, yeah, yeah, he does. It's <laughs> Carl. Uh, yeah, get ready for Rick Sherry and William's adopted son Carl later on. Oh um, I'd love that. Spoilers. I would love that spoilers. for them. Um <laughs> so basically uh we find out that of course, D.A. Sinclair has been busy making lots of Reanimen, and William is going to be made the next one. And I love mm-hmm. the way that this issue ends, where he's basically like, you know, whatever, man, my buddy's a superhero. He's got all kinds of powers. I'm going to bust, or he's going to bust through that wall any minute now and save me. Yep. And there's that classic, like, invincible, like, blank panel where he's waiting. And he's like, any minute now. And you see the sweat going down, and then the issue just ends. (laughs) So good. And so you see uh, Invisible does end up bursting through the floor. uh, Which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's William who brings Rick back to consciousness. Foreshadowing, Mm -hmm. foreshadowing, foreshadowing. Mm -hmm. And then the two of them are able to defeat the rest of the Animen, and Mark gets straight up savage and shatters Sinclair's jaw. Just ah, chef's kiss. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. good, and it looks bad. That is again, Patton Ryan Osley, mm-hmm. or Ryan Osley, Ryan Osley, right? Like, Osley. It, it is, it is dislocated and just to the side and just flapping, like, like, like missing, is, missing teeth. Just every, missing it's teeth. like it's like the blood is coming like, out of the frame of yeah, the comic yeah, box, so like it's awesome. out into the white frame on the border, like. It's a 3D punch. It's Maximum so good. Effectiveness. It's <laughs> so good. And then that's when Cecil shows up. I'm like, whoa, Mark, what are you doing? Huh? Come on. <laughs> Which should have been a red flag. When, yes. When he did that. Yes. Yeah. Like, afterwards. And he, he has such a dick line here. Um, where is it? Because he says, yeah, he says, uh, it's okay. You did your, you did good here. You saved those people. You did your job. Just don't forget what happened the last time you lost your temper. And it's like, uh-huh. dick. Uh-huh. what a dick. <laughs> this yeah. is, this, this volume is more of Cecil becoming the Nick Fury where he's yeah. manipulating with every sentence he says. Exactly. It's, it's, and that's why Walton Goggins was such a brilliant casting. Cause that's a guy who like any performance that he gives, he's smoothly talking and it's very, you know, syrupy. But you know that there's poison in that syrup. Like it's it's wonderful. Classic real quick, gaslighting. Real quick, I just want to say like Walton Goggins playing that character was just was more than anything I needed, and it was so weird not hearing his like southern accent for yeah. once. You know, yeah. it was so weird not hearing that. Yeah. There where you could like you could hear a you could hear the draw. twang. Yeah, but like now, like reading this, I just hear his voice when Cecil talks. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, I just yeah. I'm I just hear it. Work. Totally good. It's exactly. It's okay. <laughs> like, yeah, so, uh, he's so good. That wraps up the stuff that was part of the show. So let's dive into what was not in the show. 
basically hey, how about, uh, wait wait how about the, the the relationship here of robot and monster girl getting started up here great great segue so basically we'll start oh, there because we're going to be going backwards too oh sorry oh sorry i thought you, i thought other we're going in order here I'm sorry. we're doing a Go reverse ahead. temporal pincer movement oh oh i see yes oh yes. okay we we, we sent the nice. breathing to you but i think uh your navy yeah. computer might have shuffled it into the spam folder <laughs> <laughs> I was like science fiction jargon, science fiction jargon. But yeah, we just alienated so much of our audience here. Okay, if they're with us this far down the line, they're here. Yeah, they know what they're getting. They know they're getting three jamokes just talking. You know, three jamokes. Oh my god, three jamokes reading invincible. Three jamokes. Three Jamokes reading Invincible. That's what I'm putting in the description for this week's. There you go. Just three Three Jamokes talk about Invincible. What do you want to do? I'm a Jamoke. What do you want to do? You know? So basically, uh, one thing that I think is really interesting and kind of sets up the journey across this volume is that this volume doesn't start with Mark. This volume starts with Rex. Rex being sad about his mistake on Eve because Kate did the same exact thing to him. And now she's getting married. (laughs) And now she's getting married. And he's just sitting there like, I just, I just can't believe it. I can't believe it. And Bulletproof's like, what? Yeah. (laughs) I love Bulletproof's like, nah, dude, like you deserve this. Like, yes, (laughs) he's the best guy. Yeah. For now. For now. For now. But Bulletproof uh, is problematic. I am going to pretend I know what you're talking about and we're going to move on. (laughs) And we're going to... (laughs) But so basically, um, following the events of the pact, which is canon, Doc Seismic is is in prison, but has broken out and broken that prison wide open. The Guardians of the Globe are there to assist. But all of these... um, All of these villains escape, including someone who is very important later on in the story. But the Mahler twins... Uh, are again one of the notable escapees as well, and mm-hmm. this is the first time that the Shapesmith shows up to assist the Guardians. Woo! Yeah. Those of you who need a reminder, Shapesmith is the Martian that took over Russ Livingston's identity and left him on Mars to be consumed by the Sequids. That'll be important for later. Basically, mm-hmm. uh, and what I like about this is this is really cool because Doc Seismic has only ever wanted to just be like, I want to be alone with my Earth people, like yep. all my rock people. We're out of here. And so he like busts the prison open. They leave. And then at the conclusion of this, there's a, also a great moment where the immortal is like being uber overprotective of Kate. Yes. It's kind of cute uh, in that he's trying so hard. <laughs> Yeah. Like, yeah, going from it's like not adorable. caring at all to being like I to caring now... too much. Yeah. Yes, yeah, it's it's a little odd, but the guy um... has no chill, like <laughs> no level of chill whatsoever. There's no middle ground, you know. It's There's no one middle ground. to the other extreme. <laughs> Classic old white man. So basically, mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> so basically at the end, after everybody ex- escapes, one of the Mahler twins shows up. He's like. I'd like to turn myself in. And Rex Bullitt's like, really? And then he turns back into the Shapesmith who captured Doc Seismic. The one person that they came there to fight, Shapesmith was the yeah. one that captured him. Excellent yeah. work. And Immortal's like super impressed. He's like, wow, like, good job, kid. Like, yeah, And it just immediately invites him to be on the team. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, that was so easy. And then we get to 
kind of smoothly transition into what Jake was talking about, this subplot with Robot and Monster Girl, where Rudy, Rudy, Rudy. wants to take uh, Monster Girl out Rudy. on a date to the movies. And I yep. love the scene where they go to the movies. Yeah, you know, because it has uh, the best side character ever, number one Knicks fan. Number, number one, one Knicks, Knicks fan. My favorite, <laughs> oh my, fan. my favorite side character who just loves the New York Knicks so and, much. And also <laughs> possibly the strongest character in the entire comic because you have to be to be a Knicks fan. Oh, wow. wow. Sorry about it. Tell me I'm wrong. Wow. Tell me now I'm we, wrong. Now we Tell me I'm wrong. The there it is. Tell me I'm wrong. So you can funny. feel free to disagree with me on Twitter. At that daring, at that daring man on Twitter, we'll have a conversation about how the Knicks are in the playoffs this year. Oh wait, so the scene continues. It's all in good fun. It's all Uh, wow. You say that, and then you realize what sport fans are like. Um, Listen, I don't care about the Knicks, but if you go after the Yankees like that ever, we're gonna have a conversation. Ooh, wow! As long as we don't have a Yankees fan show up in this comic, it'll never come up. Oh. My God, <laughs> you know more than I do, Malcolm. You know more than I do. What a hard left this conversation is. So anyway, Rudy oh, and Monster <laughs> they have a very unique uh, interaction at the movies because they want to go watch this. What is this called? Um, machine uh, Gun Slaughter. Yeah. Yep. Which and sounds awesome. Yes. Yeah. And absolutely not a movie that two 12 year olds could go see. Nope. So the teller, you know, he'd be in a bit of a dick about it, but he's also doing his job. He's like, no, mm-hmm. like this is a rated R movie. Like you can't do this. And the guy's like, and Rudy, of course, showing off his, ing- his ingenuity says, that's my dad over there. And he points at the Knicks fan, number one Knicks fan, strongest character <laughs> in Invincible. And he's like, you know, he's my dad like he sent me over here and now you're making a big scene about it he's like no go have him buy the tickets and so rudy just immediately like pivots his first attempt failed his bluff failed so he's going to try a third tactic and he goes over to the knicks fan and he says i'm terribly sorry to bother you but i've gotten into a little bit of a dispute with the box office clerk over there also what 12-year-old is talking like this? I, lo- I love it so much. He's such me. a psychotic. I yeah. love it. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say me because that was, that was I totally relate to This does have energy. real Jacob Brown energy. Like, this, this, Absolutely, he does. I talk properly to adults, to like, like an adult when I was a kid because it was just like, there's no way an adult's going to respect me because I'm a kid. So if I talk That's to That's smart. So if I talk to them so, on their level, they might actually. So listen. robot is uh, exuding BR or BJE, Big Jacob energy here. Big Jacob energy. <laughs> he says, uh, "You see, he's telling me the Knicks are the worst basketball team of all time. I say they're one of the best, but you see, he's just not buying it. Think you could help me out?" And the guy doesn't even miss a beat. He just goes, "Hey, buddy, listen to the kid already. He speaks the truth." And he's like. <laughs> All right, I guess that's that's that Saul. <laughs> that guy's face kills me every time I see him handle like the giant mouth. Hey! Like, <laughs> um, it's the best face. It's it so is good. so good. Hey, I like the boy. face of the teller too. That's just like, uh, all right, sure. and also 
on the same page, the guy that the Knicks fan is talking to in the top right with the weird empty mouth. He's like, what is? Why is his yeah. mouth so empty? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's exactly it. It's this so wild. Weird. So um, they get in the movie. They have a good time, and Monster Girl later on is like, "Hey, maybe we could make this like a regular thing. Who knows? You're a kid. I'm a kid." what's 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 happening here what's the haps meanwhile let's check in with our second protagonist or i guess now our third since we've gotten both rex and uh rex and mark on the board amber bennett amber bennett is having a little uh study sesh with gary oh gary gary Gary. yeah gary and this and Mark, you know, traditionally he goes to visit Amber, goes through a window. He shows up, knocks on the window, and sees this random guy in her room. And she's just like, uh, and so she goes out. And this is the first time that she mentions that she has a boyfriend. And he's like, boyfriend? I'm not getting you in trouble for having me here, am I? And it's like, you fucking get out of here. Yeah, exactly. You know what you're doing. Uh, See, this is and, this is the problem I have with with Amber. Is like, let's get into it. Let's just yeah. talk about it. It's just it's well, actually actually let's well let's, let's get through we, yeah, yeah. yeah whole song. yeah there's we so more there's thing. so much so, stuff. So yeah. Amber goes out into the hallway to talk to Mark, and the two of them have this argument where like she's basically like, "Why were you coming through the window?" He's like, "I always come through the window." Like, why were and you in there like, with a guy? Yeah, like, and yeah. they just keep going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. Um. And they're just like, they are not on the same wavelength. They haven't been for a while. And this is where it kind of blows up. And I'm just going to say, we'll get into it later. I would be on Mark's side in this instance. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, agreed. I just, I don't know you. I don't know. Why are you in my girlfriend's dorm room? Exactly. Anyway. And and the way that she, Uh... I I get it. I I'm actually on Amber's side, and I don't like Amber as a character just because there's nothing there. Fair but I'm right. actually on Amber's side. I totally I, I think Mark overreacted. I we are going to discuss for sure. Yeah, we'll we'll That's discuss. We'll discuss later on in the main event of this episode. So <laughs> we find out that Cecil and the rest of the uh, Pentagon are basically trying to rebuild Rick to give him a semi-normal life. And one thing that I loved about this was Rick has this great conversation after he's put back together with, um, with Donald, with Donald. Yeah. I just, uh, I love this conversation. Yeah. Rick is put back Mm -hmm. together. He looks normal from the outside, but he is basically half cyborg now. Yeah. And Donald like, is like, Hey, how are you doing? How are you? Like, and Rick just like lays into him. He's just like, you don't know me. Like, stop trying to do this. You don't know what I'm going through. Donald's like, actually, yeah, I fought. I fought in a war. I was captured. I was tortured. I think he says something like 80% of him is robotic now. Yeah. And he's like, 98% of him is 98% is robotic. And he's like, so I get it. And Rick's all of a sudden just like, oh my God. Like, yeah shit i'm so sorry he's like i i would like to talk and it's just a very nice moment between two super minor characters so a discussion point real quick do it now this this issue comes out let's say it's like 2006 i want to say probably around there like 2005 2006 yeah um 
which is well before 2008 and specifically 2012, where uh, we have a character very similar to Donald introduced in the Marvel Cinematic Universe as Phil Coulson. Right. Who follows a very similar trajectory. Yes. Is Phil Coulson based on Donald? <laughs> you know... <laughs> Because reading this, I was like, wow, this is very, like, Phil Coulson, like, specifically, like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Phil Coulson. It's the same exact thing. uh, Yeah. I know that, Robert, I know you listen to this each week. I appreciate you listening to this. Um, (laughs) Just drop us a line. Just let us know. Yeah. Just let us know. Hey, Honestly, come on next week and talk. Yeah, just come on next week. Don't set up that expectation because then people are going to be like, <laughs> boo, they promised yeah. Robert Kirk. Ah! Uh, and then we just get somebody, and then it's just one of us just going, yes, I'm, I'm Robert Kirkman. Robert <laughs> well, the thing Study. about me being Nothing Robert like Kirkman is, uh, you know, <laughs> I get to write a lot of things. I get to write a lot of projects. And yeah, maybe Donald was created, you know, to be a Marvel character. Who knows? I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> That slowly started to slip into someone else, and I couldn't, I can't put my finger on it. It was George Lucas. It was turning into George Lucas, is what it's getting. George Lucas talk show. (laughs) (laughs) And then, real quick, we make a quick pit stop with uh, with Alan, who's alive. Oh, yeah. He's alive. He's kicking. He's doing things. He's doing a lot. He's huge now. He's yoked. He he basically did the for all my Dragon Ball Z fans out there. He did the Saiyan thing where he got the crap beat out of him, mm-hmm. heals and comes back stronger. Mm-hmm. And he is like towering now. Like even the uh, the Chancellor basically says uh, he says here, our readings are preliminary and it'll take further testing to confirm them. But you are near, if not at, Viltrumite levels of strength and vulnerability. It is possible that with further training, you could even exceed them. That's that's not, that's not actually the line. The line is uh, he says, "God damn, Daddy, you got thick now." Oh, you're right. Sorry, <laughs> you you didn't miss that. I, I didn't have my glasses on when I was looking at the panel. My bad. You did uh, miss that part where he says, "God damn, Daddy, you thick now." He even takes his beard off in respect. <laughs> he takes his beard off yeah. and he's like, "God damn, Daddy, you thick now." <laughs> um, he does take his beard off, but not for that reason. Uh, he basically said, reveals that he is a Viltrumite, and he was the first Viltrumite to yeah. ever rebel against the Empire, which How is crazy huge. Is yeah. Huge thing. Huge reveal. Almost as huge as Alan the Alien. But <laughs> now we know that there are at least three Viltrumites on the side of the, um, of the Coalition of Planets. So mm-hmm. there is hope. Uh, we do get, we do continue the uh, Amber and Mark storyline where there is an entire two pages of Amber and her friends just talking and her friends basically being like, you should basically cheat on Mark with Gary. Yeah. Like, and like, what the I fuck? There that's is, not chill. That's not, not good. That's not good. That yeah. Like Amber oof. does have a leg to stand on in her argument. Her friends do not. In the sense, yes, I, I completely agree. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, is, for sure. These are bad friends. These are yes, bad like, friends. These are terrible friends. I'm sorry, Amber. You have bad friends. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we yeah, all they go through suck. that sometimes, but like, this is bad. You need to get away from these people. But basically, like, Mark shows up and he's just like, hey, let's go out, bring your friends. Maybe they won't hate me. And surprise, surprise, when they do go out, they don't hate them anymore. They don't hate them. Which mm-hmm. shows them to be fickle and still terrible friends. 
Exactly. They are bad friends. But we do get this interspersed with the return, the return of uh, King Lizard to Woo! not Hydra. Yep. Slash yes. Not uh, the, the Serpent Society. The uh, Serpent Society. Yeah. yeah. It's the yeah, Lizard League. Lizard League. Lizard League. Lizard League. That's what it is. Yeah. He basically retakes control of them, and that's going to be important for later. Oh, yes, uh, we, it will. We yes. get a cute little page where we see that uh, Oliver's growing. Oliver's got a full head of Mark Grayson hair now. <laughs> yeah. He's got full sentences. He says, okay, I love you, Mommy Debbie. Oh right my which God. is the cutest. Yes. That was so, so cute. I think I cried when I like saw that. It's like, I love you, Mommy Daddy. Mommy Debbie is like so, so, so cute. Everything. I need, uh, I need an olive oliver grayson baby doll in my life that's what i need i need that in my life that just squeeze it and says that i He's love you the next mommy. baby yoda really. yes Punch for sure him, it's gonna be a whole thing for sure so continuing on we do get the uh the marriage of the immortal and duplicate there every they literally got married and then are right back at headquarters just in time for cecil to arrive and announce that hey there's a big old ship coming from Mars, and immediately Shapesmith is like, "What?" So, yeah, Shapesmith mm-hmm. is like, "Ah, oh, shit! Did you say Mars?" Oh. <laughs> oh, I should probably tell you something. <laughs> Pulling at the collar, going, oh, "I forgot <laughs> about that." Meanwhile, in the middle of all this, um, Cecil recruits Da Sinclair. Basically, says, mm-hmm. "Hey, you're a bad dude. I got a job for you." Mm. Your it's country like, has service work uh, for you, whatever it is. You, yeah, you, you need to do service for your country here instead yeah. of all this like blah blah classic fury jerk. Yeah, exactly. just not great. And so Mark heads off to talk to Eve, who is just doing her thing out in Africa, and he's like, yeah, "I want to talk to my friend. I'm having conflicting feelings. I don't know what's going on." And so they have this moment where he's like, "Hey," they talk. They have like a little hug and immediately go into a kiss. Just both of them. That's exactly, yes, that's exactly what it's like. It's very Star Wars. It's wonderful. It's you've been waiting for it and waiting for it and waiting for it. And here it is. And I'll be honest, reading this, I felt a little gross (laughs) because we had this whole fight about like Mark questioning uh yeah questioning mm-hmm. Amber's fidelity mm-hmm. and then he kisses eve uh-huh yeah uh-huh mark grayson's uh-huh. a good person but mark grayson's a good person this was a really bad moment but it's this also a, a very sexy kiss it like out of very out of sexy kisses, kiss. it's 10 out of 10 it's hot yeah it it's is, a good it's very good it's i mean the setting good. behind her oh yeah the setting That's behind the her with the sun blowing down yeah bro you got a staring getty over there in the corner yeah Mark's it's eyes, which hot, are probably bro. closed, but they're behind his goggles, so it just looks like he's staring into her soul while he kisses her. Exactly. Yeah. Bro, it is a hot kiss. It's beautiful. Yeah. It is gone with the wind shit. Yes, it. it is. Ooh, wow. I love it. It is sweeping me off my it's feet. Like, I yeah. love it. But it's, it's gross so, as hell. No, it's, it's so wrong. Because it's this absolutely is wrong. wrong. This is wrong. You should yeah. not cheat on your spouse or your no. romantic partner. Or anyone. No. Or anyone, just anyone. Don't just cheat anyone. Yeah, just don't cheat. Just don't cheat. It's not good. So just be polyamorous. Basically, it's easy. Uh, <laughs> Shapesmith gives the rundown of the sequids, their history to the uh, 
to the Guardians as well as Cecil. You get the whole backstory <laughs> of them. Again, a great face by the immortal right behind Cecil. Oh, yeah. And that like, panel where yes. Cecil's like, what? what? And the immortal's like, just, oh, oh, like, oh, I invited no. this guy. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and so we get basically the news that like they're coming here and they're going to take over this entire planet and cecil's like okay i need to make some calls we need to go solve this so we get this great follow-up to the scene of mark and eve kissing where they're both basically thinking that they're in the wrong or they're at fault yep for the kiss which is just grossly adorable again (laughs) adorable it's great and if mark is single it would be a great scene yeah but, but it not. is super cute and, yeah and context is important yeah and so they are basically recruited to go deal with the secret threat however it is determined that only the heroes that can't be taken over by the sequence will be going on this mission which means duplicate rexplode and shrinking ray are sidelined back mm. on earth while the rest of the guardians that being uh immortal shapesmith samson bulletproof rudy and monster girl alongside invincible and adam eve are heading off into space rudy in a beefy like robot suit which is tight i love that he's kind of like the iron Iron man Man now yeah (laughs) yeah even a monster girl like mentions that she's like i like the new look robot it's husky cute (laughs) and like she's feeling them now to see horny monster girl come back and we're like oh man And this is where he reveals that his name is Rudolph Connors, and he wants to be called Rudy. Rudy the Robot. And Rudy the Robot. We get, we get the climax of the the inciting incident of this Mark and Amber breakup in progress, which oh is post a phone conversation where basically Mark tells Amber, like, hey, I'm going back into space. Sorry. Like, this is just, this is the deal. Amber throws her phone at the wall. And I have to say, this has to be mid-2000s. Because if yeah. anyone threw that their phone. phone today at a yeah. wall, that's shattered. That's done. You have yeah. to get a new phone. Yeah. This one, that, you just is... pop the battery back in, pop the case on, uh-huh. and, and she can make a call immediately. That is a cordless-ass <laughs> phone. It's got this the battery pack with the wires on yeah, it. I know, like, right? That is a cordless home phone. You put <laughs> yeah. that on a base to charge it every night. Yeah, like, that, that Nokia <laughs> will survive a she's upset, understandably so, but then she picks up the phone, puts her phone back together, and calls Gary. Gary. Gross. Gary Gross. Like, this is just Gary Gross. Meanwhile, Gary Gross. we find out that our, uh, our B-team guardians are not getting a day off because the Lizard League have taken control of this base in Andersontown, Wyoming. Uh-huh. Which is, as the, uh, as the caption box reads, one of the United States' many nuclear missile silos scattered across the country. And they basically go in there, they wreck shop, they take control of some nukes. And it's bad. It's really bad. That is a bad time. And yeah. so we cut back to the Guardians. And Rex is once again being the worst person ever. Be, be, <laughs> basically like with Kate, like, hey, you lonely? And Kate's like, no, we're not, do- we're not doing this. And Rex is like, well, 
when it happens, let me know. I can make the loneliness go away. And it's like, Rex, you are the worst possible person <laughs> all the time. Again, the influence of the show, you just hear Manzukis and it just yes. fits so well. Yeah. Yeah. It fits so well. And Manzukis, in, in a way, almost humanizes him more. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he does. Which is strange yeah. because Manzukis. Because like, Manzukis. But, yeah. but it is it is impressive. But so Cecil shows up. He's like, hey, we have to stop a nuclear Armageddon. Get in. We're going to go save the world. And so we now get, and I. I don't know about you guys, but I like to listen to music while uh, while reading comics. Oh, yeah. Helps to set the scene. Oh, okay. What, it makes my experience a little bit more. What dramatic. do you listen to while you're reading Invisible? Most, yeah, that's mostly, interesting. Mostly just uh, scores, but I also really dig Zach Hemsey. Um, okay. He is, he's got tons of great music. Welcome to Eric's Music Corner, where I describe <laughs> you the music that you should be reading while reading Invincible. Um, yep, it's very true. But he's got he's got two songs that I really love called The Way and Vengeance. Oh, um, they are two. Okay. Mo he's mostly known for those songs in their instrumental forms. But in the original forms of those songs, he raps. And it's oh, cool. very like sweeping orchestral sounding music. And then cool. he just like comes in with some fucking Oh, it's good. It's great. Check out Zach Kemsey's music. Do it. That's, uh, that's Zach awesome. Our, I, yeah. All right. so I'm, listening, I'm listening to this music while I am like, oh, there are two world ending catastrophes happening at the same time. <laughs> and this this uh, this volume jumped way ahead in queue on the world ending scale when it comes yep. to the volumes we've read so far. Yep. It said, let's hit you with two events at the same time. Let's go. And it yeah. is tense as fuck. Yeah. Like, yeah. Their shuttle gets blown up. So Adam Eve has to create a bubble to like save everybody. They have to get into the uh, ship before the air runs out. They're they're like recruiting other Martians to help out. They're fighting against the sequids. Like it is chaos. Mm -hmm. And meanwhile, on Earth, there's a great, great intro to the scene where the Lizard League are like holed up in the control room. And he's basically. You know, uh, King Lizard basically says, you know, the best part is this control room was built to withstand a superpowered assault. Our soldiers outside will be able to pick off anyone who's trying to try or is trying to pry the blast doors open. This plan is foolproof. And then Jacob Brown's favorite character. <laughs> Ray just, it's like, boop. oh, man. Tiny Shrieking Ray pops Tiny up, presses did. the door open and Rex comes flying through with an army i love that rex is in command i think yeah. that's yeah. so awesome that he's like the field leader on this mission like it's he, pretty he's, awesome which is he's all <laughs> that's left you know so. yeah he's all that's left and he's that's literally what sucks. like leroy jenkinsing his yeah. way in there yeah. with explosions <laughs> and an army of kates behind him yeah it's great and they are fighting against the Lizard League. And it's here wow. that one of the stronger members of the Lizard League like kills a couple of the, of the uh, duplicates. Komodo and Kate Dragon. says something very important. She says, it's okay. As long as one copy of me survives, I'll be fine. And that is important. Which is important. Yes. 
but not as important as this ridiculous shot of Rex in the very next panel. That, the upside down one? The upside the down one shot? that is like so unlike Rex because he, you know he's not that athletic. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's it's Spider-Man. It's, yeah, that's a Spider-Man Spider moment. moment. Yeah. This, this, like, was, this was Otley's uh, audition for Spider-Man probably about 15 years early. Yeah. And so we get back on the ship. Basically, they figure out like, oh, we need to separate the secrets from the host. And Robot figures out that Sonics, uh, not that one, basically are able <laughs> to disable the sequids. So he's like, make a barrier, make a bubble. I am going to use my armor to like make this and come up with a device to deal with this. Meanwhile, meanwhile, with our third main character, Amber Bennett, she is on a date <laughs> with Gary. Yes. I will say um, it's a very good move on Gary's part. I I I it's I like this scene <laughs> for a contrast a lot. Yes, and I like this scene for what happens, and it would be good if it wasn't Gary. Yeah. yeah. But I, I like this moment a lot. I think it's a really good moment. Exactly. For Amber to kind of get that feeling again of like, oh, this is what it's like when my boyfriend like, is around. This is normalcy. Yeah, yeah, this is what a healthy yeah, yeah. relationship looks like. I do appreciate that. Exactly. Unfortunately, it's Gary, and Gary sucks. Gary like, sucks. Yeah. And so uh, back at the missile silo, all the Kates are dead. All the Kates are dead. This gigantic, just absolute meat of Chungus. This Komodo dragon. Yeah. Snake Chungus has killed all of the Kates. And also kills Shrinking Ray. Yeah, he eats. Him. Yeah, just yeah. eats them. Just eats them. It's horrible. It's like, terrible. Um, and so Rex just goes reckless abandon. He goes scorched earth. Kills like blows up two of the other members. Goes up against this guy who's killed his two teammates, and gets his hand bit off by this mm -hmm. guy for his trouble. The guy yeah. bites his hand off, is like mocking him, and then the coolest sequential uh, <laughs> panels here where Rex gets his hand bitten off, the guy's doing his little villain, villain monologue, and all of a sudden his eyes and his mouth light up, and his head just explodes. And his head just blows, <laughs> which is yeah. awesome. It's so awesome. So cool. Yeah. And then you get... And then yeah. you get this Cobra Commander looking son of a bitch popping out of the corner being like, is it cowardice to hide in the middle of a fight? No, yes. because then you'll be the last of yes, <laughs> like, <laughs> And that's the exact voice, too. Oh, that's the exact voice. <laughs> He's crap Cobra Commander, and I love it. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> like, it is it's such a good speech. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Then just holding a gun to the back of his head and just be like, see, oh. I, I oh. was the one that was meant to win. Skeletor oh. wouldn't even be able to be thinking this clever. <laughs> 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 exactly. And then as this is happening back on the ship, Eve passes out and is not able to maintain the bubble anymore before Robot is able to finish manufacturing his sonic device. It's not looking good going into this final chapter of the volume. And then Shapesmith saves the day. He really does. He yeah. wraps himself around Mr. Fantastic style or Plastic Man style Pla around yeah. Rudy yeah. to give him the time that he needs to 
finish making this device. And then, <laughs> I love him putting his head against his belly and be like, he says it's ready. Like, yeah, he's just, listening. And then yeah. there's this great like, little pregnant. moment between Immortal and Invincible where like, Shape's just like, hey, somebody take the device. Immortal immediately, he's like, me. And Mark slams him up against the wall. He's like, no. He's like, I'm doing this. I'm stronger than you. I'm faster than you. This is too important to let your ego get in the way. Does not give Immortal time to respond. It just flies off. He says, I'm daddy now. And then yeah. flies away. <laughs> exactly. Your daughter me, calls Papa. me daddy too. He he's like, look away. at me. He's like, look at me. Look at me. I'm the superhero now. I'm the hero now. The hero and he away. goes and awesome. he uses the device to rip all of the sequence off of the outside of Russ Livingston. That's an important distinction for later. Um, and they are able to successfully get away. Meanwhile, Rex has his last stand where he's got a gun to his head. The facility is on a fire around him. And the guy shoots him in the head. Yeah. He shoots him in the head. Yeah. But Rex possessed by the wrathful anger of god <laughs> not only mm -hmm. disarms him but also punches him in the face with one hand which is dope it's as he's leaking from out. the other one you know yeah and he like he, he's got blood pouring down his face he's got the old rick flair crimson mask and he's like hey i can't believe i did and then he just passes out yeah. and that's when our boy Brit shows up. Yeah. Brit, baby! Uh, Rocking a sweet new shirt. Yeah, exactly. Shirt. Military panels right there. I, I love that I, shirt. I, I With the patches, shoulders. I H&M a few years back. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a good shirt. Go into an H&M during August or September. You will find this shirt. Cool. Yeah. I'm going to do that. Bet. Yep, bet. So, <laughs> Brit walks in. He's like, oh, well, I guess this is over. And then there's this conversation between him and I'm assuming either Cesar or or Donald, where he's like, "Hey, you, uh, you may want to send a team in. It's all over." And they go, "Is anyone dead?" He's like, "Yeah, I think they all are." And then, ting, like a bullet bounces <laughs> off his head. He's like, "Oh no, wait, one of them is alive. One of the bad guys." <laughs> and, that's, and that's it. That's all that's you get of that scene. That's so yeah. good. <laughs> and then we get possibly my favorite part of this entire volume, <laughs> which oh, is this no. exchange where they're trying to escape. And the emperor is like, halt. He's like, you've helped us, but we can't let you leave with the um, with the betrayer, as they call him. And Invincible's like, well, what are you going to do to him? He's like, he'll be executed. And Mark's like, executed? Page turn, they're escaping once again. I cannot wait for the show to do this scene. <laughs> this was Faster. the best callback. It's such a good callback. It really is. And yeah, he's like shouting, he's like, faster, we need to be going faster. <laughs> and Rudy's just like, I try, but I think this is as fast as they go. <laughs> Invincible, Invincible is very active in the story. And I this like is that. this is Mark embracing being a full superhero. It's yeah. something you don't get in the show. It is such a distant thing from where he is in the show. Where like great. he's very training for. wheels in the show. Mm -hmm. But here he is full on superhero. He says, like, okay where is the back hatch let me out i'll take care of him and he flies out and he takes care of the guns and everything and it's awesome he's full on superhero there's that, that awesome pose yeah there's that awesome page of him in front of the explosion yeah oh yeah, yeah. Like, so bad ass he so is good. i would say this is this might be the most this issue might be the most viltrumite that mark has ever mm -hmm. looked yes yeah. yeah like from him like shoving immortal to him taking control of the situation like he is a boss mm -hmm. yeah. 
And so they all get back in the shuttle, everything's safe. And there's this moment that he has with Eve where they are finally able to talk about this kiss. And uh, they basically, you know, Eve says, uh, so you thought you were kissing me and I thought I was kissing you. And Mark says, yeah. She says, you think there's something to that? And he's like, I don't know. Classic, classic. And so we get another gut punch right away which is Mark again flying to Amber's dorm. And surprise, surprise, there's Gary. Gary. Where he is Gary. apparently on the same team as Amber's friends, where he's telling her to cheat on her boyfriend with Oh, him. man. And he's oh. basically like, uh, he's like, where exactly is your boyfriend? She's like, I don't know. He says, and where am I? And she says, here, you're here, and smiles. And it's like, oh gross so no one's really in the right in the situation between mark no and Amber, which is unfortunate. No. no yeah um real quick we also get this really sad scene for a mortal after the funeral for kate which i have to assume was the same day like literally maybe a day apart really yeah. sad from him right. from his wedding to her funeral really, yeah really sad and it's so a nice moment for him and uh samson yeah they're friends. I like that yeah. friendship a lot. I, I like that friendship a lot. I think it's really interesting. And so the two, uh, Mark and Amber, have this conversation where, you know, Mark really just hashes it out. He's like, look, like, it's not fair to you. Like, I keep going all over the place. You have a life. You didn't sign up for this. I sprung this on you. And I don't think this is sustainable. And then he actually goes out and says, um, I actually, I think you were right about Eve. She does like me. And I don't know. I might, you know, pursue that. She says, okay. And like that's the most amicable that this could have gone. So yeah. Right here, yeah. We're here at the end of that, let's talk. Let's talk for a moment. Let's wax poetic about Amber and Mark, the star-crossed lovers that were really never meant to be. Yep. Uh, I know that Jacob has some thoughts. I know that Malcolm has some thoughts. I'm gonna I'm gonna mediate here and there. Jacob, give me your. You were chopping at the bit before we got on <laughs> mic to do this. So talk to me. Talk to me about I... Amber Bennett. I okay. Um, the 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 real thing about like this con- this whole relationship is very. Uh, it, this kind of relationship doesn't. Uh, it's still very common. The thing is, it's a very early two thousands common kind of relationship in terms of like when you are with somebody and you are about to and you realize you guys are not working working out together, but you try to make it work as much as you can for as long comics. as it is it, it, at least in these comics uh but uh but in the way things set up it was ultimately like a lot of both sides are there more so for for me a little bit with amber um uh amber be, not siding with amber for uh, that's what i'm trying to clarify i'm uh, uh, i'm saying that amber kind of initiated a lot of the stuff that ultimately led to Mark just like, you know what, this can't be, this can't work out. Uh, it, and it was very much the, the, a lot of the seedlings that were planted to, uh, for that Mark knew that this relationship wasn't going to work out. All of that was budding here. It starts to bud with the, uh, the, the, the first argument and how they can't uh, like, uh, there's a guy in my, in your room. It's like, why is he there? And all that other stuff. And it's like, she, she should know better than to, to have be alone with this guy. And also her friends are terrible. Um, it's like, get new, 
get new friends, girl. That that that's terrible when somebody is. Uh, the, her when friends are off. Your friends are just Bad yeah, friends. are ter- friends. terrible friends. First of all, and like Mark shouldn't even be uh, good for Mark. By the way, he is a really good boyfriend for th- saying like, let's go. Let, how about all of us go out, and that way your friends can get to know me, and they can stop like pushing like bad ideas into your head and everything like that. Like he did the right thing. Um, when in normal situation, like he would have been like, fuck these people. Why are you with them? And the fact that they're telling you this and everything like that. But, you know, he, he handled this very <laughs> respectfully throughout all of this. And, you know, the way Amber just reacts to a lot of this is very, a little too more extreme again they're both 18 and 19 and everything like that so like they're just little kids just Just you know exactly so these these are just common things that could like happen but at the same time like that and like the bad friend situation and then finally escalating to like her like crying and actually asking Gary on a date. It was just that. And then there, and then Gary actually talking to say, Hey, why don't you uh, uh, break up with him too? Because it's like, don't we have something? It's like, you know what? The, this, this could have all just been avoided if you guys just had talked and um, it finally did end up there, but I just, yeah, that's, that's kind of where I am. It's like, I'm more, I'm more get, this is where Ember started sucking so much for me. Like she had great potential in the beginning. She had a couple, like three moments in like, in like whatever volume that happened, but this ultimately it's just set up to make her just a bit of a bitch. <sighs> Malcolm. So, so counterpoint. Um, I think that Amber Bennett falls into the classic, unfortunately classic uh, comic book trope of being quote, the girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Where a she doesn't have any characteristic other than being the girlfriend, and I think that this is a character who wants to branch out from that in general. I think that's why she has that system of friends that she has. I think that's why she goes forget. Like I, I think it's it's a character who wants to break from being just known as the girlfriend. Um, you know, I it's unfortunately it's not on the page. And there isn't even an implication, but one could imagine with her, you know, and her relationship with Mark, she's seen. Debbie and what Debbie's gone through Mm -hmm. and it's kind of drawn the conclusion of like oh like Debbie was just the wife like and look at how hurt she got when Omni-Man just like left and said all this terrible stuff like I mean that's that's a lot and so I I think that's when that relationship really starts to change for her um again this is not a character that I like because there's not there's nothing to that character right it's a boring character because there's there's nothing to her other than being the romantic foil um and i i think she's underserved because of that so i think the the story pushes her to these conclusions and pushes her to these actions to the point where honestly it's really the actions of mark who pushes her to do these things and pushes her friends to be like listen you know you should probably ditch him because the the lines of communication really should start with him. If he's the if he's the catalyst for all of these events of him leaving and leaving her in the dust and all this stuff, like if he's the catalyst, he should be the one to be discussing. Hey, this is what's going on. Yes, it, it really falls to him. It's yeah. something he should have done a while ago. Yeah. Um, and he didn't have the presence of mind to realize the effect of what he was having on her you know because he's very caught up in his own stuff and hey listen i get it i was 18 once also i'm 
I'm still when? very self-centered. I totally understand when? that. When? When were you 18? When? 12, <laughs> Tell 12 me. years ago. Thanks for outing me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to say, uh, I'm, still tw- I'm still 18 right now. <laughs> I've been this way for 20-some years. I have always been an adult to me, Malcolm. I know. <laughs> Unfortunately, I've always been an adult to me, too. Uh, <laughs> this is... This is very... Uh, as a person who hates Gary, but has kind of been that character before, I understand what's going on here. And that is the best way that I could put that without going any deeper. We're going to cut here because I'm going to go fight Malcolm in the parking lot. I haven't been full Gary, but I've been an emotional buffer boyfriend. You never go full Gary. You never go full Gary. Never go full. Never Gary. go full Gary. I am not that complete of a sleaze bag, but I have been an emotional support uh, boyfriend before for someone else who, who, for someone who has been, you know, in another relationship. So I, I understand, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I can see, I, I get it from all angles. I totally understand. Unfortunately, I think that Amber was pushed into this situation, and it's very bad. And it's really just because Kirkman had nothing to do with her. Yeah. yeah, she's I mean, literally was, just there to be the girl. Yeah, and I think not was, even the woman, the girl. The girl. It's it's unfortunate. I I fall a little bit in the middle of both of you because I agree. Like it was at least very clear to me, even if the story didn't dictate it for most of this time, that Eve was going to be his love interest for sure. So it was yeah, very obvious. Yeah, we all knew until it. we got there when they introduced Amber. I was like, okay, this is interesting. We don't know this character. But like both of you have said, she's really just fallen into this, you know, oh, I'm going to complain and cry whenever Mark leaves, which is unfortunate because I think there are ways to make that character more dynamic. We've seen it. Watch the show. We've seen it on the show. Yeah. Much more yeah. She's a way more dynamic character. Way better. And gets about oh. the same amount of screen time yeah. and exactly. actually Crazy. makes choices and is informed and empowered to actually do things exactly and so it's it's a shame that this happened i do agree with jacob about the initial argument i don't think that i don't think it was going to come up in conversation that you know oh this guy has been coming into her dorm room to study and that's all that he's there for Um, study that body study Jeez. But Jesus. oh man, Gary, um, Gary's nasty ass. <laughs> but you know they I, all call him Gangrene Gary for a reason. Oh yeah, geez, Lord. okay, that's all right. Lord. We got it. Continuing on, I'm saying Gary oh, boy. is an unfortunate character because yes, I do think that his intentions, as sleazy and shitty as they are, are what amber needs she needs someone who pays attention to her she needs someone who you know is there for her she needs someone who can go to the movies and not have have to leave to go fight a monster which is unfortunate because you know that these two characters just aren't made for each other they're not meant for each other and that's okay some people just aren't you know we've i've been in relationships where it's like you're just not meant to happen for whatever reason it's the common high school sweethearts thing. A yes, lot of high school sweethearts absolutely. just not a thing. A lot of relationships that you start in high school are very different once you get out of high school because it's mm-hmm. a very different world and a very different mindset. And that doesn't carry over very well. You know, they would be great high school couple. If they got yeah. together in sophomore yeah. year and stayed together through senior year, it would yeah, be great. Fine. Yeah, That'd yeah. be totally fine. But 
adulthood is the big leagues, and neither of them were prepared to be what the other needs. It's exactly. honest. And so, so I, I, I appreciate that last conversation. I think it's a exactly. really honest conversation. Yeah. And yeah, that's yeah. where I was going to. I, I'm glad that the conversation didn't fall into the trope of the messy breakup, that they had yeah. a very adult conversation where it's like, right. I need what you need. I need what I need. And we're going to just figure this out. And they're like, okay, cool. And they parted ways. And I, I love that Mark immediately brings up like that. And honestly, I think you were right about Eve. I've been thinking about entertaining that. Like, yeah, you know, he I think there might be something there. He wants to be she, honest with her. Like she, yeah, exactly. He's not trying to hide it. That's a very good move. Right. That's yeah. a very good guy thing to do to it's be like, hey, weird. listen, I'm going to be fully honest with you. I'm kind of feeling her. Like, I, I'm, I'm not trying to be shifty on you. I'm trying to be upfront about it. I appreciate that. Yeah. And so as we round out this story, as we round out this chapter of the Invincible Saga, we find that Russ Livingston back on Earth, getting his old job back, getting his life back. Everything's good in the Russ Livingston hood until he gets into his apartment and we find out that even though the sequins were ripped from outside of his body, he still had a number of them inside his body. Mm-hmm. And I don't like this because the threat is coming already, from inside the house. Yes. I already, <laughs> I already talked about my problems with the sequins and my problems mm-hmm. with face huggers, and this had alien chestbursters all over it. <laughs> Did sucks. not like it. Zero out of ten, and it sucks. Yeah, I don't like yeah. it. Yeah, great storytelling. Homie, don't, don't play that. Homie, don't play. Homie, don't play it at all. Hell no. As we wrap up volume eight of Invincible, any final thoughts on this volume? And a if you have a favorite moment or two, we'll go to Malcolm first. Uh, Favorite moments? Um, honestly, it might be Rex in the hospital. Uh, Oh yeah, yeah, pretty great. That's right. Um, Rex being like, "Man, they threw you a freaking parade, Mark. Like, what the hell?" I, I almost died. <laughs> yeah, Everyone I should say we I didn't mention died. it. Rex survived. <laughs> yeah, and he's laid up in the hospital afterwards. Yeah, it, I just think that's a that's a good character moment for Rex. Honestly, the Rex storyline in this is a good like growing up moment for Rex. Yeah. Um, I I like how that conversation at the end turns into like, hey, listen, you know, uh, Mark's like, oh, I broke up, like, oh yeah, yeah, and he's like, now, like, you know, Eve, bro, I get it. Like, he's like, been there, done that. <laughs> You guys have all you guys have always had a thing. I get it. Like that's chill. You know, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, sure. he can he can read the lines, which I really appreciate, man. Yeah. Uh, and he just looks really sad in that hospital bed. I feel for him. He do. He do. Shaved oh, head and everything like that. You know. Yeah. Uh, poor guy. Yeah. Poor guy. He looks busted. <laughs> Jacob, any final thoughts or any fa- uh, favorite moments? You know, uh, when this was one of the first few comic books that got me back. Well, this was, yeah, this was one of the two comic books that got me back into comics and it was mainly because of the writing and it's, and what I mean by that is uh, my favorite part for, in terms of moment is the entire exchange of Amber and Mark and Eve between this mainly Amber and Mark because of the, the way that decline of that, we all talked about this relationship, but um this, this particular ish, this particular volume about that, I have never seen. It really spoke to me because I have never seen a relationship breakup be like this, so normal and yeah. so very understanding. It didn't yeah. need to be ending in tears and screaming matches and things. Yeah, like it that. usually ends it was, in drama. It ends yeah. in so much drama sometimes, and it was just a breath of fresh air as as a young adult to like read this and be like, 
oh, you mean uh, the way my parents argue and yell at each other don't usually end like relationships like this? They don't, it's not common trope or something like that. Mm. That's good to know that we're human beings and we can actually just talk to each <laughs> other rather than just like feel emotional for a, a randomly spurt emotions at each other. Yeah. Uh, it was it was that whole exchange that Mark has to wrap up with Amber and say yeah. like we're not good for each other and like we tried we did it but at the same time I I love somebody else I think and I need to move on and I love you but just not like that anymore yeah. and it's 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 very honestly, mature it's so sure. mature. It's so mature, way more mature, way more mature than any millennial, like 18 year old back then that for to ever come up with something like this. So, yep. so that's why I was like, this is so good. This is needed for any impressionable person, young person who like gets into comics and just reads this. It's, yeah. it's, it's beautiful. It's one of my favorite. It's the reason why I love Kirkman's writing. For sure. This. And I think that the way that he builds these characters, even with the, very low amount of character building he's done for amber it works and yeah. we kind of get this denouement for her character that if this is the last time we see her it's okay and like yeah. they have that mutual amicable parting um i talked about it earlier my favorite part is that call back to the mars mission um, <laughs> execute yeah! we gotta go we gotta go escape yeah. escape fire the phasers <laughs> i i do love the fire phasers moment the fire phasers <laughs> like, the robot's like so into it to ignore that yeah. <laughs> and i love shapes going like what are phasers <laughs> yeah. super good but that is going to do it for this week's Geek Explained Book Club on Invincible. <laughs> next week, next Friday, we're going to be jumping headfirst into Volume Nine entitled "Out of This World." This is uh, yes, it 42 is forty-two through forty-seven. There's going to be some serious stuff going on here. I'm just going to read the summary. I feel like we should have been doing this before, but I'm going to. Start oh, that's a good idea. Now. Yeah, that's a good so, idea. I'm going to read Why start now? Here we go. <laughs> So the summary for volume nine reads as thus. Alan the alien returns to Earth as directed by the Coalition of Planets. He's come to gather more information from Mark about his father, the Viltramite traitor. Meanwhile, the Viltramites have come to Earth to check up on Mark's progress as the reluctant Viltramite agent of Earth. Also, there are fights. So that is uh, a preview of what to expect Listeners, if you can look at the cover for issue 44, you'll be introduced to my wife. Anyway, <laughs> she is she is bay forever. She she bad. for the thirst oh, next yeah, that's right. Friday. She's make so sure, bad. Make sure you bring a big pitcher of lemonade for this heavy Ooh. amount of thirst you're going to be dealing Ooh. with. It's going to be hot in Topeka. Let me tell you. Damn. <laughs> Tune in next week for that same geek time, same geek channel. But for now, for Geek Explained, this is Eric Azana. I'm Malcolm Russell Nelson. And Jacob, RIP, Shrinking Ray Brown. And we will see you next time. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, Invincible. Blood splatter.
I'm alive.